one. Talk about a tight trading range on Friday, perhaps the narrowest of the year. But you know what? We're still hanging out near the highs of the move. What are the catalysts to take us to 4,600 or we get a pullback? We'll find out from Rocky Horner at 8.35. It's Cyber Monday on Pre-Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Welcome, traders and investors. Starting out in the red a little bit, down six and three quarter handles at 45.6150. Well off the pre market low. Uh, the dollar's down 12 cents, not really making a big move. Bonds back in the 115 handle, up 11 30 seconds, 115 and 6 30 seconds. Crude under 75, down 55 cents, 74.90. And gold, will gold ever have a sustained bid above 2000? Up $11.50 in 2014 and 40. Silver. Back in the 24 handle, up 44 cents, having a big day at 24.78. Bitcoin cooling off a little bit, down $1,130 to $37,445. And what we're going to bring in, Triple D, Triple D, probably had a really nice, relaxing day on Friday. The markets closed in one. You got out, you did some chores. Right, Dennis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> of course, I traded the markets on after hours. Um, one to five, the markets were actually open to one to five. So I actually had a normal trading day or normal work day. I should say not a normal trading day, a normal work day where I actually worked from 7 a.m. till five. <laughs> so on, on your holiday. So, I mean, everybody else takes the half day. I actually work a 10 hour day. So that's how I work. <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, it's always an interesting day. It kind of screws up the algos a bit when you get that early close at one o'clock. Um, some, you know, exchanges are starting to, well, the exchanges are fine, but there's just some systems out there that like still think you're open. Um, and then the Canadian markets are still open. So they're very active. All the stocks are traded, obviously, in Canada. I think there's like 95 of them. So they're all active. So surprisingly, there was actually quite a bit of action from one to five on Thursday. And Friday, uh, they, Friday, yeah, Friday. they also, you know, they don't know it's a Friday. You know, I don't know how old it was. The just messes the design. up. Yeah, it messes up the algos. It even messes up my system. Like, really, I'm sending orders into IB, and then they think it's like they're they're supposed to be marked extended, but they're marking them day, and then IB has to correct it. It's like it messes it up that you know the markets are open. You know that it's an extended hours from that one to four. It corrects at four o'clock. But even screws up a couple of my other filters, too. Like, they're trying to run extended hours, and it thinks the market is still open during the day, but it's not. So, it's just not. The, mar the market systems aren't designed to have an extended hour from 1 to 4, because that's actual trading hours. So, it messes the systems up a little bit. Fun. Just get some inefficiencies out there, and there's some opportunity. 
All right, let's bring in uh, Money Mitch here. Mitch, how was your weekend? I'm I'm sure it wasn't as good as my weekend, but we all know what my weekend. <laughs> Should we talk my sports? Weekend. Should we talk sports for two minutes? Because I mean, oh, you let, have to let, be let, running let's, in the let's streets let him have naked, his, uh... Joel. Like that's such a huge win. I mean, you're you're on cloud nine right now. I don't doubt it. Ryan, and even my Oilers, where you at, man. Even where my you at, team. Ryan? Even my team pulled off a big victory last night, my hockey team, which never wins. So, I mean, it was a good weekend for sports. All of a sudden, we could talk sports and not just hate our lives. Yes. All without cheating, Joel? Yeah, yeah. we ju- Yeah, I can't. I mean, who could believe we won without cheating? Uh, but um, that's marked my 27th, 27th Michigan-Ohio State game. I have now... Equaled my rent, evened it out. I'm 13, 13 and one. Really? One tie was in know. 1973. One of those games was in Columbus, and I'm not going to tell about my story when I went to Columbus in 1984 because I don't know if the statute of limitations has run out yet. Uh, but um, it was intense right till the end. And the crowd was great. I was just like a zombie all day yesterday. I mean. Oh, yeah. It was just well, you out out in the cold for two hours before the game started. Uh, you know, having some pops and then, uh, but it was great. Got to spend it with my my wife and my daughter Dana and my brother in law Larry, and uh, it was exciting right till the end. It it really was. So, go blue, and now we got to play Iowa in the Big Ten championship. But this is not a sports show; it's a market no, show. And the Lions lost on the Friday show, so guys, the people guys, say guys. Talk about that, that was last rule. week. We mourn that on the Friday show, so we're not even thinking about the Lions at this point in time. Number one rule: we don't talk about the Lions. Number two rule: <laughs> we don't talk about the Lions, guys. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into it was the a stock good market weekend, action. Not for the Lions, but we consider the Lions was last week's news. This wasn't this weekend's news. Yeah, moving we'll, on. We'll roll. Let's go to the spending pulse. As they are saying, of course, this is MasterCard spending pulse. They said on Saturday that U.S. retail sales on Black Friday rose 2.5% year over year, excluding automotive sales. Of course, not adjusted for inflation. Yeah, that's what. So if they're up 2.5, we had inflation of average of five or whatever it is. They're actually down 2.5, but we just don't adjust for inflation. U.S. shoppers, of course, spent $9.8 billion online during Black Friday this year, and this was according to Adobe Analytics. So shout out to Adobe for giving us the complete measurement of online. But really, the stock that is ripping off of all this has to be Shopify this morning. Check it out, guys. What a move here. Shopify, of course, accomplished record-breaking $4.1 billion in sales on Black Friday, marking a 22% increase from the previous year. So at least we can say, Dennis, we still got it wrong on this one. Why don't we own Shopify? We missed it twice, Mitch. It got down there. We talked about it at 42, and then in the late October, got back down to 45. We have actually missed this stock twice, which should be unacceptable for me being yes. Canadian, and this is a good Canadian company. And, you know, if I brought my portfolio to some Canadian money manager, it'd be like, you're Canadian. You don't own Shopify. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? So, Come on. I mean, well, if you bought Shopify two years ago, you're pretty happy that you didn't own it because the all-time high on this puppy is still way up $176. So you're talking about stocks $100 off its all-time high. But great company. Obviously, the backbone for a lot of smaller businesses, e-commerce. Um, we've had Ryan Craver coming on this show and talking Shopify for the past you know, five years. He's loved this company here. 
Um, I do think it's a great company. Um, its valuations kept me away, but we wanted in the 40s. We just never struck. So sometimes you just got to throw your order out there and forget about it. And, you know, we obviously forgot about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, is this the consumer's last hurrah or is this uh, the consumer just going to keep on spending? But uh, a nice move in the pre-market, uh, a big move on good volume. Uh, just going to give you one number, and that would go that'd be going back to a high that you had in 2022 at 74.13. You haven't hit that yet today. Pre-market high is uh, about three-quarters of a point under that. So I'm, I'll just keep that on the monthly high. But, you know, if you're thinking bigger term, about longer term, about these stocks that have clawed their way back, almost all-time highs, like Amazon, Microsoft has made a new all-time high. Yeah. You know, 70, 74, 13 just might be a, a little drop in the bucket. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, I think you, you got to wait for a pullback on these things. I think chasing these things when they went from 45 to 70, the stock is up 50%. No, more. So $35 on 45. The stock is up 70% in literally like 15 trading sessions. Man, I do not chase. This is the definition of chasing at this point in time. I just wonder if this is even upside capitulation for it. But, you know, they're back. The bull's back. They're buying stocks. They're not concerned. They price in nothing because, like Mitch is saying, oh, record sales up 2.5%. They're like, oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. Well, inflation, you know, is at minimum 3%. So it's actually down inflation adjusted. But we don't talk about that because the bull is back here. And I cannot believe the rip on some of these stocks. I mean, Amazon's ripping on this, too. Up another dollar and a half here, all in these e-commerce sales. But, you know, it's breakout for Amazon. We were talking about this setup just a couple days ago because it's been sleepy. And if you think about, you know, how far the Magnificent Seven have come, you know, back and a lot of them, you know, obviously Microsoft making new all-time highs, NVIDIA not far from all-time highs, just falling off lately, Apple not far from all-time highs, Amazon still significantly off all-time highs. So some people might be saying, hey, this sucker is still 40 bucks away from its all-time high. This might be the stock to be in. I kind of with them. I'm long Amazon. So I did some channel checks for us, of course. Like always, we got to get the boots on the ground. So guess what I was at? I was at the local mall, right? And uh, yeah, there, people actually Macy's? go to the local mall. What, what's what's the flagship store in the local mall? Um, there's a there's a bunch. There's a bunch of your regular stores. What's the um, big department? No big department store holding all uh, together. I, I mean, May- Macy's was Macy's. They have a Macy's of Macy's course, there in, in the small. Yeah, they have a Macy's. They have a Forever Twenty One that's really big. Um, I I personally was looking. That's around. still open. Forever Twenty One. Out they went bankrupt. Didn't Forever yeah, Twenty One yeah, go bankrupt? No, I, I think I'm they got Googling purchased. That. They probably got bought out. Um, Forever let's talk 21. about what what I saw in the mall. What I saw in the mall Bankrupts. was packed, 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 packed. And I know that we've been talking about that. You know, the consumer is slowing down, and I'm going to bring some statistics that kind of prove it. But we need to be asking ourselves the major question, right? How is the consumer staying strong? Not if they're staying strong, because the question no, is are. no longer if they are. Yeah, I'm with we, you. we can clearly say that, right? I mean, we, none of us think that we're really seeing the consumer broken yet. Now, one thing that is clearly pointing towards that they're breaking is moments like this. So, consumers grippling, of course, with inflation turn to what? They turn to borrowing via buy now, pay later. Uh, during this holiday spending. So buy now, pay later orders surged 72% from November 18th to November 24th compared to the prior week with revenues climbing 47%. 
79 million of loans here uh, coming through and companies like Affirm, Apple, Block, Square, and PayPal offering these services may have benefited from this trend. So if you're wondering why Affirm's up today, well, you got your answer there. Buy now, pay later. Can the consumer just keep playing this game? For Until they can't. So, I mean, they could play that game forever. Can a firm keep playing that game? <laughs> if it turns into buy now, pay never, they can't. But, I mean, we know the firm story, $176 back in October. We go further than that. Yeah, is that the high? $176. It's $27 here now. I, I, again, you're breaking out. It's a breakout here. It is a breakout. In, it seasonality is. is in favor of all these stocks. I mean, this is, you know, start of November, but the next month sets up well for stocks too. I'm still with your scenario, Mitch, you know, and we've been talking about the scenario that the consumer stays strong into the end of the year. They find the money for Christmas. I think it's 2024. We worry about that's why I'm saying long stocks for the next month is not a great call, but I think dumping your entire portfolio January 1st might not be a bad call. So um, that's where I'm at riding the bull wave here. I think we could hit all-time highs even here on the S&P. Not hit on SPY or on IWM. But we're not that far from all-time highs on the S&P. Could, you know, we get 24 handles? Could we have 240 points in us, Joel, here to hit all-time highs by the end of the year? Is it possible? Tom Lee says it's possible. The Eternal Bull says it's possible. Yeah, it's, it's, well, yeah she's always thinks the market's going up. And when it, yeah, we'll go down by more, right? Um uh, Wow, what a big level here. And I want our, our firm traders to uh, listen to this. I mean, we're, we're on the verge of a breakout here. Uh, you had a monthly high at 27.26 way back in uh, September of last year. So far, the high this month, 27.16. I mean, breaking out of monthly highs. You know, I like my monthlies more than the dailies. Sure. So let's see if we that whole 27. Now you gotta 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 get a bid at twenty seven. You know you just can't you know do this jockeying around twenty seven fifty and then sell off a, a buck and a half. You, people have to prove that they want to put a bid at the former resistance, and then a lot of room on the next monthly here. Uh, the next monthly candle come closer to forty bucks. But uh, love the setup here for a firm MQ. This Not a bad pig. setup. Yep, now that MQ's been a pig, but it's had a little bit of a rally from five to six fifty. Who else is in this uh, scheme of buy now, pay later? Well, upstart, we always, I always pair trade upstart with the firm, and upstart actually sets up well here too. So Ooh, we gave you that sleepy. setup. What stock did we give you last week? We gave a good one there, and it really went. Was it snow? Snow. No um, crowd strike, or was it crowd strike? Crowd strike, everyone, everything. Where we because <laughs> the stock's been going up, so we were bullish. Anything was probably going up, so we shouldn't pat ourselves on the back too much when we're getting yeah. rewarded just from the overall market. Um, but snow has moved up here. Full disclosure, I do have a small position. Snow. Um, the other one I was thinking, you you said, oh yeah, we're going to go to Upstart. I think Upstart uh, sets up well here. Uh, we got hit on the earnings. We've kind of come back. Now we're in consolidation station. I actually like Upstart here right now, not as an investment, but as a trade. I think you obviously have to lean out on the lows, but I'm hoping we're not going to get into the gap area. If you look 2282, we have a little gap there. Do you see it, Joel? I'm looking at yeah, I see it. 2282 yep. is a buck in there. I'm saying it holds that. So 2289, the low on Friday, coincides nicely with the low November the 14th, I believe it yep. was. Yep. So 22.82. So I'm saying I lean on that, buying at 24 if you're buying at 24 today, and just saying, you know, a firm is moving. 
Upstart often moves when a firm starts going. So I think Upstart actually could have every dog has its day. Maybe today is Upstart's day. Yeah, it's been a, it's been tight. We talk about this. You got I'm hit on earnings. I don't they couldn't it. take it below twenty. I remember talking about this one about the twenty dollar area. Kind of sleepy there, three four days, and then you got the pop up. Couldn't keep it going, but consolidated now up thirty seven cents here. But oh man, we we got we got to stop all this bullish talk here, man. We're Pretty starting much to, bullishness. Yeah, holy mackerel, man. <laughs> Help us out here, Mitch. You're quiet in the background. What's um, you get? You want uh, you want more bullishness or you want bearishness? All right. Well, Citigroup downgrading Footlocker to sell. Oh, How's that one? There you go. Now we're talking. The they announced an eighteen dollar price target. So going to Footlocker. Of course, we've been seeing Nike trying to hold one hundred. Footlocker just seems like it's a dying business to me. Um, they can stay around for as long as they keep doing kind of. Uh, going towards these oh, kind of uh, retailers, right? But the key is here is that in the long run, I think Nike just goes direct to consumer and starts cutting out Foot Locker even more yeah, and more. I think so. That's what I'm they've been you. doing. They I'm they don't even you. they don't even give them the the best shoes anymore. Like if there's like a really nice <laughs> I don't release, know about that. they give them used shoes. No, yeah. they give them like what I mean design wise. If there's like a limited release, right? They don't want them going to Foot Locker. They want people going directly to Nike and getting that design, right? I think in the long run, you see Foot Locker just slowly just die out. Um, I'm I'm kind of with you. And I will say Citigroup technical analyst here because we've exactly. built an entire gap. I, I mean, what a selling opportunity. I know. I it know. really sets up well as even a short but again you know you can get your head ripped off because i'm sure the whole higher short interest a lot of people think this stock have money mitch's opinion me and i'm with money mitch i think long run this stock is a lot lower but there's squeezes in here and man what a squeeze it has been since they reported that disaster quarter 1484 got down to this yeah. stock just quietly went up like 60 70 percent the last three months so in a little mini bull market for Foot Locker, but Every time Foot Locker has rallied 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60% in this case, it has just been another selling opportunity. I hate this stock. I hate the stock. Don't like the company either. Uh, definitely not buying it long. I think actually it is, I think it's not a bad opportunity. I'm with Citigroup on this one. I like the sell rating. I might I might head out to Foot Locker. Uh, on my boring day on Thursday, I, I, I attacked the closet and because uh, Lisa says I have too many shoes. And I, I I threw out some. No, actually donated so many. Foot Locker store. So I might go to Foot Locker. Shoes now. All right. Here's that. This (laughs) was a bad rumor start. This is uh, a. This is where technicians play. I mean, they saw the gap fill. There's no doubt about it. And they're like, oh, we got to. This is the best time to downgrade this stock. And they did. It filled the gap by like 15, 20. I remember even talking about this last week. But what you got? I think what you got to look for now, and I'm just going to take the other side of the coin. Uh, it, basically, 17 to 23. I mean, if this comes back into the 20 dollar area, it's not going to happen today. But you had all those lows just at 20, just under 20. So if it pulls back to the 20 dollar area, it consolidates, and I think it could, uh, you know, maybe uh, challenge it. But it doesn't even look like we're going to get near 22 today. I just wouldn't in this environment. 
I wouldn't just be whooping up on this stock down 92 cents on the short side, thinking it's going right back to 17. Well, there's people who are caught here too. There you so go. You gotta watch. You sell. It's it's the game of the the name of the trading game has always been buy dip sell rips in almost any market. It's just identifying when you're selling more rips and when you're buying more dips. It's just timing of that that is really everything. I'm never one. That is selling stocks in the hole, selling the dip or buying the rip. It's just, you know, and, and I think, you know, I've been in this day trading business for 24 years here now. Holy, I'm getting old when I say 24 years. Can you believe I've known you for 24 years, Joel? May 1999, I came in that bright trading office and Joel interviewed me and he's like, who is this punk kid coming out of University of Windsor thinking Thanks. he's going to be a trader? <laughs> thinks he knows everything i think he knows everything i'm like joel you want to know the truth i just don't lose on trades <laughs> yeah. and then i get smacked around left right center for the first six months of right trading but those are all other stories but i'll tell you 24 years of trading i've made a lot of money buying dips and selling rips and not a lot of money buying rips and selling dips so i'd say core strategy is discipline and fading you know moves and knowing what the overall move is so long the trend but Finding those little counter trend moves to get entry positions. I think that's the way you play. Elliot, investment management, back at it, of course, shaking up companies and doing what they do best. Elliot published a letter presenting and highlighting Crown Castle uh, and their Whoa. history of unperformance and advocating for significant changes within the company. They also, of course, disclose a substantial $2 billion position in Crown Castle. What is Elliot doing here, guys? Elliot does what Elliot does. They come in and they stir stuff up. This is yeah. what they're good at. So, like, you're right, Mitch. So, CCI, though, I wasn't expecting, you know, them to come in here. And this is one of those cell, those cell tower companies, I believe. Um, it's this one and AMT. And then there's a third one, too. CCI, AMT, and then there's another one. But, you know, the company's just been beat right up. Are cell towers <laughs> going away? Probably not. 5.72% dividend, not bad. Maybe, you know, a little bit of uh, buy the dip here for Elliott. Might not be a bad call. I mean, we're talking about a stock that has given back seven years of gains. And this was one of the better companies, 2017 from 80 to 200. A heck of a move. So, I mean, value central here, CCI. I don't mind this Elliott buy. Not much as far as uh, resistance goes. Looking at the dailies, haven't quite hit 110 yet, but here you could look at your, if you're looking for potential targets, uh, look at the highs at the end of July. Uh, for me, I would just wait. I, I would, if I want to own this thing, I would hope to try and get it pulled back, you know, like it, it you know, it goes off the radar for a couple days. The market has a down day and then it comes back to this 105 area. Because that was major resistance in October, major resistance through the month. It would have been nice to play it going through 105, uh, but you can't. So maybe see if the old resistance turns into new support for CCI. And Jer Jeremy was talking about uh, cell tower stocks on Friday, too. Remember? Uh, Which one was yeah. he? AMT? Yeah, he was talking about AMT. Well, the same thing. Beat up. You know, really beat up. AMT's actually come back a lot further than CCI has. Maybe that's what they're looking at, too. I mean, this has been a pretty big move for a couple of these companies, like just in the last month. Like October, mid-October, we're bottoming 160 up to 200. The AMT tower is a little bit less, 3.24. Uh, but who's the third one? There's CCI. Chad, help me out here. There's CCI, 
AMT, and then there's another one of these cell tower stocks, and I forget the third one. I'm just it's early Monday morning after a big weekend of partying, me and Joel, because we're all the early sports teams ones. But there's there's a third one. I'm going looking. CCI, AMT, and who? No. I tried just Googling it. It didn't work. Did not work. Did not work. Go on. We'll find it. Royal Bank of Canada upgraded Mondelez from sector perform rating. SBAC. Yes, yes, yes. Joel, rating, the chat. So. Not Joel Alconan, but Joel Block. SBAC was the one I couldn't think of. Correct. There's Don to the rescue. Appreciate you, Don. Don Spinner on it. Adrian and on Don. it. Dennis is too sleepy in the mornings here. He should be knowing this because he pissed and trades these things. One, two, three. Uh, SBAC. And I totally forgot about SBAC. Yes, that is the other one. There we go, guys. Let's go to RBC here. Royal Bank of Canada upgrading Mondelez from sector perform rating to outperform rating. This has been one stock that I even tried to short a couple, like a week and a half ago. It just did not want to turn around. It's been a strong run here. Mondelez now getting an upgrade. Can it keep going? The food stocks. There is an argument here, and again, maybe this one has come too far, but I was arguing for General Mills here about a few weeks ago. It hasn't moved. GIS still hasn't moved. Now, I mean, they are getting margin squeezed, some of these companies on both sides, because labor price is going up and people are sick of paying, but it's still a staple. I mean, you go and eat your cereal, Monolies, you're probably going to go eat your cheese and your everything else that they make. So the, the, the products still need to get bought, even if they do go up in price, so they can pass along a lot of those costs. Food stocks have been beat up. They do trade along with bonds as well, too. But Mondelez has come a long ways back. I mean, $60 to $71. i am going to say at this point in time, you've missed it. So I let it go. If you're buying at $65 or $64 or $63, I think it's almost time to ring the register because it's not a lot of times food stocks go up 10 15% in a straight line in six weeks. Windham. Joel's on mute again. How are you doing this? We got to have to troubleshoot this. They think you're toggling it or something. It's like your keyboard. Because he's doing no, a lot. I, he, he went for a streak there, guys, believe it or not, folks. Prep. He went on. like he went like three months that once, and he didn't even make one mute mistake. I got a little so. bit of a cold, so I'm trying not oh, to sneeze. Oh, is that what it is? It, yeah, so I'm like trying not to sneeze and cough oh, Don't give me you. a cold. I'm, no, I don't, don't give me a cold. I'm going to see Joel in a little while here, so I don't want to get sick. So get better before I see you. 72.50 to 72.80 potential sell zone here had uh, had some highs in August in September at that area. This is probably, if you're basing things on uh, average daily moves, this is probably the average daily move. So you're going to need a lot of buyers to push this up to the next resistance at 74. Um, and yeah, uh, Joel, I would advise you to stop swimming in the Lake of Michigan. You know, Michigan Lake there. I, I know that it gets you a little, a little cold, cold. Yeah, a little man. cold, little cold. But hey, if you see Joel out there, you know what he's doing. Uh, all right, let's keep going, guys. Let's go to another headline here. Like always, chat bringing up an interesting conversation. Let's just touch this before we get out of some of this retail uh, Ulta earnings this week. So, what do you guys think about this one? I do have it on as a swing trade. But I've had it for a while now, so I'm holding on to that one. Uh, what do you guys think about that position? I think you want to see this thing above 420. Look yeah, at I that. have 390, they, 390 yeah. 38. So yeah. yeah, if this thing gets above uh, if 420, it's off to the races here. I, that's a, I don't even care about these two highs at the end of August. 420. That's a, that's a five star level. Above for you. 420, it'd be smoking. Yep. Ha <laughs> ha. 
<laughs> that was a cheesy pun. Put makeup on the pig, man. Let's go. Let's get it going. Let's keep it going up. And uh, we'll I'm see if you. Elf gets number. a little bit of a lift also. That one has been pulled back. Very similar stocks, right? We'll see if they can continue to push. Zscaler earnings today. That will be interesting too, yeah. right? Um, that's after the bell. Uh, let's do Wyndham Hotels uh, Resorts. Full disclosure, I'm long Zscaler just ahead of the report. I'll dump it before the – I'll probably dump it today, yeah. Hey, can't blame you. Uh, that's that's one repeatable pattern that you play often, Dennis. So. I talk about that being long stocks. We try to give you, you know the strategies that I do to try to make my living. One of the core strategies is being long stocks ahead of reports, and it just seems to work continuously for like I've done this for years and years and years. And obviously, I do hedge a lot of times, like a hedge against with cues or spies, depending on what it is. But it's just like when stocks are due to report, people get excited about it. The shorts cover. It just tends to have an upward bias ahead of the report. It doesn't work 100% of the time. But again, if it works 55% of the time, you can make some money with that. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts receives a letter from Choice Hotels, of course. This is uh, suggesting a step backwards in the merger talks. Choice revised their offer to acquire Wyndham at $86 per share, down from the initial $90. Um, they do, of course, are bringing in that Choice's shares have declined in price since the deal went through. Uh, there's new terms that propose a two-year window for regulatory approvals with just a low 6% reversal termination fee um, if the acquisition falls through. Um, what do you guys feel about this acquisition? Do you feel it will go through? Should they just back out of the deal? What do you guys think here? It feels like everybody's scared on all these deals, and then they end up going through. The Activision deal, we were so scared, and everybody was scared, and it ain't going to go through. The iRobot deal felt like it was dead, and now it apparently looks like it's going to go. I mean, $42. They're nonstop Good buying day, yep. now. Price is way up at 51 EU approved. You Obviously, in the U.S., going to have to have quite a case here to disapprove it after the EU just approved it. So, I mean... You start thinking like some of these deals and some of these discounts have been buying opportunities here. VMware, they were worried about that one forever. That one went through. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of deals actually get approved, despite everybody saying this administration so hard, you know, to get deals approved. There, a lot of them are going through. So I think there's some um, undervalued risk herb opportunities out there. I don't know if this one. What's the deal on this one? I'm not following this one closely. What's the price match? So they are, they're making they're bringing it down to eighty six dollars per share from the initial nine dollars proposed in you October. Know if that's cash? Um, I'm pretty sure it's cash. I I'm haven't been trading. Verify it. I know that okay. it's a. Uh, I know the proposal deal uh, amount there, but let me get you if it's just straight cash or there's some shares involved here. Again, I think there's just some opportunities here on some of these deals. I don't know if it's only got an $8 premium, but on some of these that are trading 20% below the takeout prices, I think there's some opportunities. Look at these hotel stocks. Uh, Hilton at an all-time high. Marriott at all People are still doing high. stuff. Yeah, people are still doing stuff. People yep. traveling a little bit yes, more. Look still at the Delta. Yeah, look at that Delta move. Wow, matching monthly candles on the uh, on the Delta here. We'll keep be keeping a club for now the month isn't over yet but man this thing could clear 37 with some gusto another leg up for delta so some All of right. this joel there may be an opportunity set up here in the seasonality could be some tax loss selling and some of these that are really beat up so we got to be a little bit careful of that but i think some of these are consolidating to go higher look at the american airlines i am long american airlines but 
that's a consolidation station right around 12. And if you think people yeah. are going to get excited about doing stuff and traveling in the next month, maybe the airlines get a lift. Maybe that's a selling opportunity. And I do think it's going to slow down next year. But I tell you, the airlines, some of them don't look that bad right now from a technical perspective. Crude coming down nicely. That yeah. helps. Big time helps. We're not even considering that. Think about how hard the airlines got hit because crude was going to $100 a barrel. It was Everyone. already in the price. There was no doubt. Goldman no. said it had to happen. And now we come way down. Where are we on crude here now? 75. 75. And yeah. so this hammer the airlines on the crude going to 100 from 95 to 100. Yet the crude goes from 95 to 75. And the airlines don't hardly get a lift at all. So I think some massive mispricing in here. Yeah. So again, you know, is, are they pricing in a slowdown for next year? Maybe that's the problem. I, mean, I think there is going to be a slowdown next year. But I think in the next three to four weeks, airlines, you don't want to own that last week because the tax law is selling. But maybe in the next few weeks. I think got a little window here for the airlines. Yeah, one thing I'd also note is this, I, I don't have the exact reason why, but there has been an, a substantial increase in volume in the last four days for American Airlines. Um, they usually trade about, let's say, three to four thousand, uh, three to four million shares a day. And in the last kind of couple of days on on uh, just Friday, we got 24 million. And then you look back, we get 16, 15 and also 16. So a lot of volume coming in in the last couple of days. What do you think that could be, Joel? Big that's boys loading up. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then they're yeah. leaning maybe yeah. on that 12. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Institutions. Here. Institutions coming in, being patient. They couldn't get what they wanted at 10 or 11. Now they're having to step up at 12. So that's that's the way I look at it. It's not it's not your day traders coming in here. It's uh, If you see uh, bigger volume like that, it's just a sign of uh, – institutions i don't know how many are short to stock but you know make it a stand at 12 bucks and, and a lot of institutions you got hedge funds a few but a lot remember the majority of your institutional money does not short stocks so uh, obviously you know you have some institutions some hedge funds that short stocks but the majority of your financial your big companies are not hedge funds they're long only mutual funds and that's your big money here i think there's an accumulation pattern happening in some of these stocks and just to keep us aware of big things coming this week, of course, OPEC Plus meeting this Thursday. You got to 10 right. I'll give you some love there also. And don't forget also, there's another big uh, economic data that's going to be coming in on November 30th. What do we get? PCE. So don't forget that later in that? the week. That's November 30th. Uh, so you're Thursday. talking Thursday. 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 Okay. Thursday is a big day. OPEC Plus, you'll get PCE. Things could change up, right? We'll see what happens there. If we get a spike in oil, um, right now I'm still short XLE. We'll see if we start to crack. My biggest thing is if we start to break 80, that's something to keep in mind. But let's not talk about oil all day. Let's get into the action, of course. We got a great one for you guys. Normally we have, what, market structure Mondays, but I think that this guest won't fail to do maybe even better than Tim Quas. Put up some nah, big shoes no. here. Let's find out. High bar, high bar. Roggy Horner. Uh, we do love Roggy. Horner. How you I doing, have Roggy? some big shoes to fill, apparently. You do, because normally it's Tim Quas here. But if anybody can fill Tim Quas shoes, it's Roggy Horner. If anybody can do it, it's Roggy. We love you, Roggy. Good to see you all. <laughs> 
All right. So from your notes, I want to start with the most interesting thing. Uh, did you have Texas brisket for Thanksgiving? We did. We went full on Texas brisket from uh, Snow's Barbecue. Uh, big shout out to that Gold Belly service. That served everything for Thanksgiving here right. in the Horner household. Oh, wow. Hey, okay. Really? Yeah. I don't Why know leave if I the house that. anymore, guys? Why leave the house? The world came to us. We had some, we had stuff shipped in from all over the place. I had dry ice up to my eyeballs. <laughs> all right. Let's uh let's just get the market discussion here. And boy, we've had a nice rally. Is it is it time just uh like whoa, whew, got my money back a lot of these stocks? I'm just gonna just gonna take the money and run and then sit it out in December or we think a Santa Claus rally, end of the year rally. What what's your take on that? I love the Steve Miller band idea of of take the money and run trade management. However, I look at December as strength getting stronger, weakness getting weaker. So if we saw the year-end October tax loss harvesting, and that's gonna basically echo into December, I worry about things like healthcare. Russell's kind of on the brink because what's of regional banks, KRE. But look at the NASDAQ, right? I mean, so if I'm looking at NASDAQ, XLK, XLC, Meta, Google, Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, SMH, now I've got to start picking sides. So I'm happy to short a few things that I think will get uh, tax laws harvested whack-a-mold. However, there are a lot of things that are well underway. Financials have joined the party, and now the S&P is feeling all sorts of tall and awesome with the tech and the financials helping, uh, helping that engine higher. What is going to derail Microsoft? Because this stock has been unbelievable. It picked this market up basically at the end of October and said, look, we're done going down. And it was Microsoft that really led the way. And we know, you know, they're talking, you know, there's there's obviously, you know, some fundamental news there, you know, obviously with the whole chat GPT situation and the execs and they're, they're coming or they're going. But either way here, you can't argue with the technicals here on Microsoft. This stock has just been a stallion all year. I won't look for December to undo any of that. You know, window okay. dressing is a thing, and I think it is. Who's going to want to present to their clients that, hey, I don't have you loaded up on Microsoft? Yep. Especially after that open AI news. I mean, it's it's a buzz right now. It's dry, it's helping that XLK. Apple's been limping along, but the two of them are moving higher. So I look at Microsoft. I'm nervous about Microsoft in January, right, when we get the window undressing. But for now, I'm going to stick with what's strong, staying stronger. So you're with it because this is what I've been arguing. I think December sets up well for a lot of these companies. And then the January rug pulled kind of the exact opposite of what we had last year. Because last year it was like nobody wanted a tech stock. They were selling NVIDIA at the end of the year. They were selling them all. And then January came and they just turned around. And they started buying them all year. Could we see the opposite thing happen? Like, you know, we get to January and then it's like, then the rug pull happens is because everybody's like, oh, you know, well, we're in these already. Now, you know, like we better harvest some profits here now. Don't want to do it in December, but January may not be a bad time. So I'm kind of nervous about maybe the turnaround and the flip, you know, where IWM all of a sudden shows strength in January and tech then shows a weakness. But this next month, though, to your point, Raggy, probably still sets up well for the continued trend of 2022 or for the for the 2023. So 2023 is going to end strong with tech and financials. And you're right, uh, you know, regional banks, Russell, healthcare, limping along. I start thinking like most people would at the beginning of the year, I've got a blank slate. 
I've got 12 months ahead of me. I'm not going to buy stocks in the penthouse. In fact, if I'm going to unwind that, raise cash and go buy regional banks and go buy, you know, XLV, things of that nature. So yes, absolutely. What are the stocks in the basement that are down on the year? What are the stocks well above their, their opening, say Jan 3 price? And I'm just going to look for those, to, those trends to continue. If we can start to see ZN, uh, the 10-year and the long bond, uh, so ZN, ZB start to climb higher as we are looking for what one, if not two rate cuts by the July 31 meeting. It's hard to not be bullish, but I'm going to expect, just like you said, the stuff that's been hot at the end of 2023, they're going to raise cash with those names. We'll see some sector rotation is what I'm looking for. Uh, Q1 yeah. of 2024. Speaking of those sectors, right? Of course, uh, the top three communication services, technology and consumer cyclical for the year to date performance. And then if we look at the worst performers, uh, you got utilities, real estate and consumer defensives. Is there any of those three that you would be looking to maybe switch for the next year? Of course, last year of uh, going into this time, we were seeing technology at that bottom and it came to the top. Any of these you might expect to be near the top in 24? If I'm looking at, you know, XLE is something I hope we can talk about in a little bit, but XLRE, XLP, XLU. So if I'm looking at those defensive corners of the market, unless we have a buy everything, I'm not looking to hide out. In, in those defensives. And I'm not looking for traders and investors to hide out either, because all we're going to hear about is when is Powell going to cut rates? And that's coming. Fed fund futures are already turning the screws on him. They're already telling him, you better give us 25, if not 50 basis points by that July 31 meeting. Tough to be bullish in those three corners, uh, unless everything starts to rally. But XLE is the wild card to me because crude oil, and I heard y'all talking about that earlier, yeah. crude oil and energy, what the heck has happened to it in Q4? <laughs> That's one place I'd like to get bullish in in 2024. All right. And, and why do you, what are some factors that you see um, that would be playing into that bullishness? If I'm thinking about, again, rates being cut, I'm talking about lending, right? Beginning, it's hard not to get bullish in commodities like, well, gold and crude, as we see what's going to happen probably the first six months of the year, seven months of the year. Right now, I don't have a setup. So now it's just a matter of I want to do it and I've got to reel the trader in on me and say, we got to be patient. This is still very much in a downtrend. I don't know what OPEC's got up their sleeve, but they cannot be happy about a sub $80 a barrel crude oil market. So are they going to get back on? The path of production cuts, they've got to. I don't think they want yeah. to crude go to 70. Yeah. Good point. So would you be like coming here bottom fishing in these oil stocks right now? Or you want to wait till you actually hear what OPEC's thinking? I don't bottom fish unless I've got a worm on the line, right? I try to avoid <laughs> that because I don't hate my money. So I love the idea of XLE getting back above the 200 exponential. Wait, wait for confirmation. To break on crude before I do anything and say Chevron or or Exxon or Halliburton or Schlumberger. I want to. I'm just not allowed yet. <laughs> Rocky, you talked about uh, stocks setting up for year-end tax selling. And uh, what are, are there any particular sectors or issues? And what kind of setups do you look for uh, in order to capitalize on the short side and on some of these moves? I would love to see KRE regional banks. They're hovering just below the 200. I'd love to see them just run up to that level and I'll start looking for shorts there at such a mess of 
a corner of the market. December should be nice and bearish for it. But as Dennis said, come next year, I'm going to be looking for opportunities to get long. XLV is tricky. Where we are right now, we're still below uh, where we trade at the beginning of the year. We're actually getting above the 200. So it's in a funny spot. I'd like to short that probably around 132 to 135. But I'm bearish XLV. We might be better off looking at uh, shorts within XLV. So Johnson & Johnson, just anything but Lilly and UNH. So what avoiding about those Johnson two. And- and Johnson and Johnson has had an ugly, and we got this right on this show. We've been nervous because of their issues with the lawsuits, and we don't know how big that is. And I think that does weigh on the stock, but also yields have been weighing on the stock here too. But Johnson and Johnson is a darling, and it's a company that a lot of people core holding a lot of people's portfolios. I mean, we're getting back about three years of gains here now. If we go down another ten or fifteen dollars, we'd be giving back like six or seven years of gains. So I mean, is J and J a sleepy play for twenty twenty? Four, not for 2023, but let's say we get to 2024. Could this one turn around? I'm not. If there are, say, six heavily weighted stocks in XLV, I'm probably least interested in Johnson & Johnson right Staying now. Away. But then again, I think that you bring up a great question, Dennis. What's our time horizon? So mm-hmm. if, as a trader, I'm looking at days to weeks. But as yeah. an investor, I got to see us back above 160 before I'm even game. This area around 150, though, if we take a look at a weekly chart, it's, it's sitting just below the mean uh, of the volume-weighted average price, and we've seen some good support from that area. So if you've got a six-month, one-year-plus time horizon, it's hard to say 150 is a bad level to dig your heels in. All right, I'm going to go here and do a little change-up here and talk a little bit about crypto, right? How do you feel about these Bitcoin ETFs? Do you think that we might get a little Santa Claus delivery here? Or should we maybe be looking into next year? Because coin has been running a pretty significant amount on this. Of course, last week we got news from the Binance situation. Do you think maybe the uncertainty is coming down a little bit and it might be time to look into Bitcoin? You all know that I'm diamond hands. I love my Bitcoin. I love my <laughs> narrative. I'm a believer on blockchain, but I'll tell you, it's now it's got to battle with new highs in the NAS. And I don't know that if we're seeing Microsoft flying, someone's going to say, well, I'm not going to buy tech. I'm going to go buy Bitcoin instead. I'm not sure that I'm as optimistic right now. I love <laughs> seeing it level off. Uh, but again, my time horizon on this is forever. So I've got a terrible take in terms of near term. I think it's got a lot of competition for things that are hot and it's going to have to fight for that attention. Is is Bitcoin an alternative to cash? Like, is it eventually like we're in a, a lot of Bitcoin people believe the financial system collapses and not a lot, but you know, there's that, that was kind of why it was developed. It was developed as an alternative to the financial system. Is there the possibility that Bitcoin eventually we're all transacting in Bitcoin? Is that possibly there? Or is this just going to be your store of value and it's just an alternative like class, uh, asset class? So let me preface this by saying I'm no crypto expert. I'm probably going to tick a lot of believers off. No, because if, because central banks have way too much power. They're never going to let that happen. Okay. I'm never. So let me let me even go back one step further. I'm never going to bet my financial or investing life on catastrophe. I used to get a lot of questions back in my Forex trading, teaching, traveling days. From Jamaica to Paris to Seoul to you name it, everyone would say, when is the US dollar not going to be the reserve currency? I said, well, what's going to take its place? Right? Remember for a while it was the euro. There was that famous model that said, I want to get paid in euro. How'd that work out for you? Right? And then it was going to be something else. So yes, I do realize somewhere in our children's children's future, we could have, but I'm never going to bet 
on collapse. I'm never going to bet on Armageddon. Uh, I don't understand the obsession about it. And I'll even go so far as to say, if I had to hear one more time about inverted yield curves being the end of the equity markets, really the <laughs> Nasdaq's at new highs. So those folks waiting for disaster, that's great. That's a nice pastime, um, but it's not going to make us money. I'm an optimist. I don't think I have to believe in the Federal Reserve is evil. I've got Jekyll, you know, the, the creature from Jekyll Island on my bookshelf. I get it, but I'm not going to bet on it. So, no, it's not. No, I don't. But I'm a believer in blockchain. And this is the way blockchain is going to become legit. I believe in blockchain. Let's just uh, go real quick macro here. We do have inflation coming down at, you know, getting really near. Some will say it's actually at the Fed's target here. Well, that means people are, are spending less money. Maybe unemployment's creeping up a little bit too. Um, is that where you're, you know, you're thinking maybe the Fed joins the party in the middle of 2024? Because yeah, look at it. People people are spending less. What's uh what's the state of the consumer now? And is it gonna be the same in the middle of 2024? Joel, I'm never gonna believe that the Federal Reserve is looking at reality. I always joke. Uh, who mentioned <laughs> Mitch, you mentioned that PCE is coming up this Thursday, right? Yeah, exactly. If you want a great laugh, and I'm sure your viewers have already done this, compare the CPI and the PCE, and you'll realize the PCE is about the most ludicrous measurement of inflation possibly to ever con concoct. And yet that is what the Federal Reserve uses for their models. And that's okay. That's their reality and their reality yeah. is all that matters. So as long as Fed Fund futures are, are pricing in that cut come May, June, July, so we're going to be 25 to 50 basis points lower. We're, we're going to start to see the, the, the mortgage rates drop. We're going to start to see equities you know, benefit from this. We're probably seeing tech benefit from it already. This has been pretty projected. They're never going to say we're going to cut, but they've sounded about as dovish as they've sounded in, in a while. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm just going to say as long as they think it's their, their target, which is laughable, right, then that's all I care because they're never going to manage the inflation on Earth. I don't know what planet they're managing yeah. right now, but it's not Earth. But they do think they're reaching their targets. They're playing the extreme, right? I mean, we shouldn't expect anything less. I mean, that's exactly what they did. And of course, they were really late to raising interest rates and probably will be really late to cutting them. At least that's what I feel. Well, you know, um, Mitch, I think um, it's interesting you say that. I was wondering the same thing over my my brisket intoxication over the weekend. <laughs> Jerome Powell in 2018, how many of y'all remember when he ignored Fed Fund futures and said, ah, I need to hike one more time? He, he learned his lesson back in 2018 to 2019 because 2019, that Q1 sell-off was the swiftest we had seen in, in uh, I think, modern markets. So I don't think he's going to make the same mistake. He knows what happens if he lets those Fed fund futures expectations down. It won't be pretty. I don't think he'll do it twice. All right, guys. Like always, you guys got to check out more from Raggy. I know that you do also a little morning talk, also a little coffee. So pinkies up, guys. If you guys don't know that, uh, definitely I want to throw up that link. I'll throw up your Twitter and the different kind of socials for you guys to keep up with Raggy Horner. Always great to have you. We'll have you back, and we'll see what happens on that cryptocurrency run. Uh, can they get the ETFs? Will Santa bring it? Uh, we'll find out, right? Maybe we get a Santa Claus rally too. I mean, it looks like things have been staying hot. You've been seeing it stay hot. We'll find out what happens towards the end of the year. Hopefully we have you back before that. So. You know I'm always game. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, always Harvey. good.
All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking here, Joel? Are we staying, are we staying quiet. break even? Kind of yeah, quiet, right? now, yeah, we're still down seven. Uh, we were, we're just about mid range on the session. So, you know, we got to set up for the Bulls. Bulls got to get us green again. Got a double close up there at the 4568 area. That's been the high of the move. So, and then above that, you have the highs from last week. So, uh, interesting. I like to set up for the week. You know where your resistance is. Punch through that. We'll take a look at 4,600. And then if we go in any kind of meaningful decline today, uh, or ain't really any time this week, is you know, the buy the dippers get a step up at this elevated level. All right, there's the links for you guys. If you guys want to keep up with also her YouTube, give her a nice little follow, guys. Let's take a look into the markets. We're getting really close towards the open. What's driving the bus, Dennis? What is driving the bus now? A, a little bit of the Black Friday news still. Um, Amazon still a buck and a half. Shopify benefiting. You know, e-commerce, we know a firm is benefiting here. Upstart is up a little bit. We talked about that one already. That's what's really green here. You're not seeing, you know, a lot of other strength elsewhere. You're actually seeing a lot of weakness in oil here again this morning. IWM is kind of weak here. Banks are weak. Tech is actually kind of down here too, besides the Amazon, which we talked about. Tesla's showing a little bit of life. There is some news coming up on Tesla, which we could talk about too. But I mean, overall here, it's kind of, it's quiet. It's quiet morning, a little bit of weakness, a little bit of profit taking. Maybe people coming back, stuff from their Thanksgiving meals. They're like, well, I'm going to stuff, you know, some cash back in my portfolio here because it's been a pretty good run. Um, I still think I'm 100% with Raggy here. I don't know. Maybe if we're all on the same side, maybe that's not a good thing. But I feel like it's going to be a decent December for stocks. And I feel like the January rug pull could happen. So I'm playing, you know, tech from the long side until further notice. So keep keep with the winners. At least that's what it seems like uh, for now. That, that um, typically works, Mitch, in December. Like it's usually a little bit of, of what we've seen for the year. And then the trade often completely reverses that first week of January. I mean, that is what happened last year to the T. We talked about, you know, the t potential turn in tech. If you listen back to the December shows, I talked every show, remember, Joel, in late December about a potential turn in tech in the first part of 2023. And I participated. I just ended up selling it. It went up so fast in January. I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is the move. This is, you know, what I wanted. You know, we moved up 6 7% in like, it felt like a blink of an eye. And then it just continued the entire year. I don't know if the IWM can do that the entire year, but I do think if you're buying anything like that's beat up right now, that talk, tax loss selling, the airlines can have a week or two here, I think. I think there's a little window, but you got to be careful with those stocks so they don't get the tax loss selling to Raggy's point at the end of the year. So I think you're long tech into the end of the year, and then you're very careful on that, that that trade doesn't reverse, and IWM actually doesn't show strength in the beginning of the year. All right, we'll keep watching what happens in that case. I will also watch retail stocks, of course, with that Black Friday XRT being on the radar, Shopify with that big lift today. We'll see if that can continue going. We'll see if some downgrades on Foot Locker actually affected today. That'd be interesting to see Foot Locker in the green today. So we'll see if that can come back on the day right now. Of course, it's heading on the on the lows. We'll see if that can turn around. Um, any other kind of yeah, that you um, guys are kind of keeping an eye on? Look right how now? long. Look how long we've gone without talking about NVIDIA. I yeah, mean, we gotta, let's go we back gotta talk. to it, right? Yeah, and uh, someone just asked about that. <clears throat> I gave a level on Friday. The, the uh, Yep, that was Friday. 
And the level, I, you know, it was a wild day, right? Uh, the earnings day, the post earnings day. And uh, the stock posted, even though it had a good report, it posted a closing price on that day of 487.16. And I said, you know, keep an eye on that. What, you know, do are the bulls like they love this report? Every, you know, we're going to shrug off the China stuff. And we got two bucks through that price going to 89.21, but we settled a good 10 bucks below that. Mm -hmm. We got two lows in the same area. I just think you're hanging out too long down here. Yeah. Uh, this, yep. And uh, so, you know, that's been a big leader on the market on the way up. So I feel that, you know, the, it also alluding to leaders, see the lag. I mean, this has been your leader. And uh, so I, I see a little bit of weakness here in NVIDIA. And that can have There's a profit big... taking here, Joel. It was a big run and people were hoping for the big boost on the earnings and the earnings were good. And it's like now you're like in this period where, OK, well, what do we have to look forward to? I always talk about stocks having something to look forward to. They, the earnings, the pre-earnings run on this thing worked perfectly. I mean, if you just decide to get long three weeks ahead of the report and just hold it the whole time, you just made that whole move. Um, I'm in it. I did buy that, but I'm in it for the long term. I still think the valuation isn't that bad here, even though some people say it trades 120 times earnings. I don't know what math they're using, but um, it's. I, I think you're right. I think its stock is tired. I think we're due for we're, we're due for a pullback. I mean, think about you know 460 maybe. But if you do breach that low, it's actually talking against my book here because I've got this long-term portfolio. Breaches 476. I think 460 could be in the cards. Yeah, has it just been too much too fast? And that's where I it's feel what like it maybe is. we can get ourselves is, a one-day pause, uh, maybe a one-day pullback, maybe two-day pullback. But other than sure. that, I think we're still viewing the end of the year bullish. Um, that's a, There's a reason why you, know, you can maybe day trade some downside action. But other than that, uh, everything still points to the upside. And I think that that's what we're seeing in the markets here. Now the only question, can the big boys stay strong, right? That's why we're talking NVIDIA. That's why we've talked about Microsoft's big run that has led this rally too. Apple was pretty weak on Friday. Um, so I'm going to keep watch on the stock like that to see if this turns around. You can see that daily chart looks a little yeah. bit toppy-toppy yeah. there. Um, so this is the type of stocks that I'm keeping a close eye on. Microsoft, Apple, NVIDIA, those three I think are very good indicators of how the market's moving. The best yeah. scenario, the best scenario would be like the best setup would be we get a pullback on some of these things in the next seven or eight days. And then that we have that dip buying opportunity for the end of the year rally. So that would be for us traders. I, yeah. I drool at that scenario where we get a pullback in Apple and Microsoft and NVIDIA, um, like a, like a four or 5% pullback here, consolidate for a day or two. And then let's set up to go into the end of the year. So I hope that scenario materializes and that could set up. Now, I, again, this is hard to predict like this, you know, end of the year strength is still a month away. So, I mean, you're buying here. You're like, well, it's going to be strong at the end of the year. But if we could get a three, four five percent sell off, I mean, Apple just went from 165 to 195. So or 192. I mean, that's a huge move. So you could pull back to 180 and the bulls would still be in control. I'd love a pullback on some of these stocks to be long them into the end of the year. Uh, Apple came all the way back to uh, that gap fill. You know, we talk about the gap fills in the market. And I believe this was on the China uh, not allowing cell phones incident mm -hmm. at work or whatever. Well, they came back. They came all the way back and filled the uh, filled the gap and then some. And now you're below that area. Uh, I keep are we below Friday's low here? One eighty nine and a quarter. No, you're not quite at Friday's low. Two lows right in the 189.50 area. Maybe if you're looking for a scalp, you get some weakness in the S&Ps. Looks like he got a buck on the downside there. 
Um, also, see what happens. See if they can get it green on the session. Down down thirty six cents for Apple so far. Amazon is kind of has a mind of its own. Uh, off the cyber sales, up a buck forty one. Monthly's not really giving you any resistance here. Pre market high in Amazon, one forty eight forty nine. So uh, a little over thirty cents from that level. Watch for the rug pull. If we're gonna see a little weakness, and sometimes you get that lift. The next morning on the Cyber Monday, and everybody's excited, and it's good sales, yep. and let's buy. And then you get the key reversal off of that. So be careful chasing Amazon and Shopify and all yeah. those things right now that you don't get that you know rug pull because this market likes to punish the maximum of participants. You have people coming in here and saying the consumer is never going to die. It was record sales <laughs> again. I just got on Amazon. That's exactly my what broker, I see on Twitter. Buy me a thousand shares of Amazon at the market because this consumer is never going to die. Yeah, that's the person you I'm want to fade. So again, I'm long Amazon talking against my book there, but just be careful. It's been a heck of a run for Amazon. 118, literally three weeks ago, or maybe it's a month ago now. We're getting October, end of October, October, one month ago, 118, 148. So you've had a 30 point run on $120 stock, a 25% run in one of the biggest companies in the world here in the last month. If you're buying now, you're a little late to the party. Yeah, we'll see because I agree. That's exactly what I see on Twitter, especially, you know, those kind of bulls that are naturally bullish, all pointing towards, well, Black Friday. The consumer is as strong as ever. We'll see if they turn the things around and pull yeah, the die, bears, on die. The they actually hate it if they're near bearish. Yeah, you know it. You know it. It's how it goes out there. Everyone always doesn't want to hear from bears. the other side, right? The, the truth is. There's always two sides, guys. There's always two sides to the market. We always try to present and, both sides here, too. Yeah. And what and we can admit, see. As a trader, it's our job to keep trading sides. So yeah. we're traders. We trade to bullish, to bearish, to bullish, to bearish. It's our job. That's why I keep saying, listen to this show every day because we change our minds and we will change our minds again. If you listen to us three weeks ago, four weeks yeah. ago, October, we weren't getting, but now, you know, it's turned again. So, I mean, you've got to have those, you know, um, you've, you've got to keep listening because we will, this is a trading show. This isn't a long-term investing show. We like to talk long-term investing sometimes, but we're fundamentally traders here and we're going to change our minds and we're going to change our opinions and we're going to get bullish and we're going to get bearish. And sometimes we're going to be right. Sometimes we're going to be wrong. But I mean, it's all about if you're a trader and you want to do this for a living, you've got to be able to trade both sides. You can't just go, you know, if you're going to be, you're going to be a long term investor, you can go full Tom Lee and just, you know, always be bullish. You know, you can go full Tom Lee and always be bullish. But if you're going to be a trader, you've got to be able to go both ways. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader, Joel Alconin, of course. And who will we have on tomorrow, Joel? Uh, well, we will be having on T3 Tuesday. So I don't know. Do we get the word if we're having uh, Red Dog back or not? But, I, I think uh, we're having Red Dog back. I was on the Red Dog. Uh, he's yeah, been killing it. Yeah. Okay. Is right, he one folks. of the first people we were having on our shows? When we started the show, me and Joel started oh, this man. 10 years ago. With, we're done. Do we have a 10, 10 year years ago? They didn't even have Zoom I, back I, then. Oh, my God. You guys were running on Skype. We were Zoom. We were the over. We were Skype. We were all that before Ubu. it was because we started yeah, on Ubu. Oh, what the hell is Ubu? Fight. What yeah. the hell is Ubu, guys? It had to so talk we started on Ubu. Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, yeah. so our initial shows that we used to go back and listen to them. They were horrible. No, no. Who's that one guy? Who was our first that one guy? Is he still around anymore? That guy in Indiana. Remember that bright no trader idea. in Kevin, Indiana? Kevin. Kevin. 
I don't yeah. know if he's still trading or not. He was from Bray Trading. He was one of our biggest first fans. Kevin, yeah. Kevin. He was our only fan, Dennis. He was our only uh, fan. We started okay. me and Joel, and there was 30 people listening to us. 25 people. We kept pounding through. We kept pounding <laughs> well, through. I'll tell you and what. Yeah, we the, built a I got a hot, guys. Those 25 Let's, uh, people turned up. into Let's wrap things so hit up the light, here. guys. All right. <laughs> hit the like, guys. I'm getting Joel Alcon and Dennis Dick out of here. You guys can keep up with them, of course, at Spoos, at Triple D Trader. All right, guys. Like always, I do want to let you guys know uh, our disclosure, right? Like always, guys, we can maintain positions in the securities discussed today. All content is for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice, and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. Just to give some insight there, I do have positions XLE, SQQQ, Microsoft, uh, American, and believe it or not, Microsoft, SQQQ, and XLE, those are all uh, kind of short plays. SQQQ, of course, kind of short against the Qs, but that's just overnight action, right? Kind of swing action till Monday. We'll see how it works out today. Going to look to see if the SQQQ can get above 16. If you want to find out more about that, how do you do this? We'll just stay right here. Come to our live trading stream. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. And I do want to go ahead and give you guys the insight. I am going to be in the D. Yes, I'm going to be in downtown Detroit, guys, from the 5th, December 5th to the 8th if you guys want to meet up with me in detroit let me know guys reach out to me there you guys have my email and of course always willing to talk a little bit of some trading action and maybe just check out the town if you guys wanted to go ahead and hit me up let me know we can do some meetups at nighttime especially in the afternoons hit the like button it's always good to see you guys out there smash the like and let's keep going guys pre-market prep will always be here to get you guys ready for the trading day now let's go over to live trading where we get to the action and do some of that actual live trading. Find out how my trades are going right now. Where do you got to go? Nowhere. Just stick right here. We're starting up next.